Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And after a really long hiatus this year for a little stock take, uh, we're back with series two of the podcast. And it feels like a pretty good way to re-begin to have the Funk Soul Disco Masters on board on our very first episode back in action, which is, of course, Crazy P. Now, we are in what I like to call the pink paradise. Uh, and that is the brand spanking new word of mouth radio cafe. So Chris Todd, or Hot Toddy, and Danielle Moore, thank you so much for joining me here on the Reset Rebel podcast. It's a pleasure, yeah, it's really nice to be here in this pink paradise. It's, yeah, thanks for having us, yeah, we've, uh, we're so far so good, the food's been excellent. I mean, Daniel, I kind of just wanted to start off by wishing you a very, very happy birthday, many happy returns, and thank you so much for making time to actually have this conversation in your busy birthday week. Yeah, it's a pleasure, it's been wonderful so far, and Joe. The 50th celebrations are going to go on for a good year, so... Milking it, basically. Totally milking it, yeah. Is that like a a girl thing, or is that just like an everyone thing these days? I think that's an everyone thing. I think, yeah, the milestones tend to be uh, milked to within an inch of their life <laughs> you know birthday weeks not birthday days well, you're, never, you're never really guaranteed how much longer you've got on planet earth so you know you've got to milk milk the vessel as best you can if that, <laughs> if that remotely sounds okay but yeah but you know coming coming to Ibiza was always kind of a bit of a selfish thing for my birthday because it, it, it's somewhere that I feel very I don't know, it's, it, it's got a very soulful feel to it and uh, yeah, um, when I go home there'll be lots of other friends that couldn't come here or that didn't want here um, that I can celebrate with again and again and again so yeah, it's just nice being away from it all just at the minute. I mean, this feels like your kind of natural habitat in some ways. I mean, the home of sort of disco, obviously, you know, New York and places like that have had a real disco kind of rootsy feeling. But I would say, you know, space and places like that have definitely had a little hand in maybe crafting some of your sound. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all, obviously it's, it's always been a, a very important place, um, sort of musically and culturally and the way things have, have evolved, you know, um, especially in the underground sort of mu- sort of music dance scene in in, in America in <laughs> in England um, but yeah we've we've been fortunate enough to be coming out since like 2000 sort of on a fairly regular basis so yeah it's become and I think more we've come out and explored outside of the the kind of party zone as well you kind of you you kind of fall in love with the, the place as, as a as, you know there's this other side to the island that you don't really hear about and see so this is what it's kind of been been about this week in a lot of ways hasn't yeah. it it's just chilling out and, and and going for nice walks and I'm deviating off the music side of things here <laughs> terribly but I can but, pick up on that yeah <laughs> I also think that you know obviously we've got a lot to thank space for and that kind of disco scene but I think from our musical roots certainly mine specifically have been about that more kind of embracing like a a wider scope of music so Balearic music as well incorporates a lot of pop music that in its day wasn't necessarily perceived as cool but on reflection it was absolutely bloody brilliant 
So, you know, um, whatever that is, whether it's Steely Dan or whether it's, I don't know, I mean, even Chris Rea to a degree, you know, you've kind of got a sound that, in the Balearic Isles, it seems to appreciate that really beautiful pop music. So it's not just about disco, and I think that's where Crazy P are at as well, is incorporating pop into the disco and giving it a new disco sound. So, yeah, Ibiza's got quite a lot to answer for, really. Mm. I mean, that's definitely how it felt on the last record, um, uh, you know, A Year of the Ego. And I feel like, you know, you guys went down a bit of a different road there with particularly, obviously, your words and being a little bit more political and statement-based and kind of, like, yeah. having something to, to really say. Like, where did that where did that come from? Well, it was the, uh, the, the, the big thing that happened was Brexit, really. And it was kind of, I suppose, the build-up to that and realising that, you know, a lot of us who are in the music industry, a lot of my a lot of our friends anyway, you know, we do essentially live in a bit of a bubble. And when you have anything that kind of questions that bubble or your understanding of your environment or the way the world is working fundamentally, you kind of um, you start to question your own your own thoughts and your own reason for being. And it really unnerved me. I think it really unnerved us and it and it wasn't a considered you know I didn't sit down and write I'm going to write these words about this it just happened so it must have been there on the surface and it was felt essential for me to articulate that yeah so it, it just felt like you know it was um it, it was something that needed verbalizing without too much thought and I think it was really in the forefront of everyone's minds was Okay, the world isn't quite as we saw it, or certainly where we where you know where we live in. But I think it's worldwide, isn't it? You know, we were kind of sent a set of challenges, so it you know still needed to kind of think about the music, which was from, coming from a disco pop perspective, but trying to incorporate a lot of feelings into it which is kind of something that I'd never done before, mm. as you've said. I think that's beautiful, though, and I think you know musicians, you know, mildly have a possible responsibility to like voice what everybody else is thinking but you know nobody else has that platform so it's amazing that you've actually gone for it and um, and got involved yeah well like danny said as well it's like we don't off we we never really set out to kind of have an agenda with when when we write in the new album or any music but i think because of the what was going on at the time with brexit but also with like trump getting in it all kind of happened at once and it just all sort of it was very very noticeable and the, the jarring jarring and just yeah, the yeah. effect it was having on everyone's psyche it was subconscious the way it kind of flowed into the music really wasn't it a bit of anger but sort of just a bit of yeah we just kind of just wanted to make a bit of a statement but without really knowing exactly what we wanted to say but I mean <laughs> which is usually the case to be honest it's like mm. right we're here uh, and then I don't know but yeah mm. it, it happened so naturally and we were all mm. in a room together and yeah like you say there wasn't an agenda it just happened it did, it which I think kind of really tells you how strong the division was as well um, and who's to say that we're right and anyone else is wrong? But that's how we felt. Mm, if that feels like an organic statement to to make, then mm. of course, like you know, why why wouldn't you? Mm. 
yeah totally it was um it was it was a natural sort of process we didn't like yeah it it just it was it was born of the moment and it just evolved into this quite kind of coherent well yeah, yeah. from our perspective it felt kind of coherent <laughs> i don't know how it, it was definitely yeah, coherent yeah, i promise yeah. i'll back you up there yeah. but but <laughs> we actually started writing we, we we had a writing session in in anglesey uh with the band so we did two weeks all together first time we'd ever done that um so there was a lot of the material of at least about half of it was written together and then over the space of about two years we kind of wrote kind of between the three of us me jim and danny and shaped up the stuff we'd done in the the session in anglesey as well so it was kind of done over this sort of two-year period but that was you know the brexit years, brexit years the brexit yeah, yeah. trump kind of <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah, I mean, you weren't saying anything that anyone else, as I said, wasn't thinking. And I think it's great that you definitely made that statement. I mean, obviously, since then, you know, we've had these two wild, weird, crazy years. And you released that just before the madness kind of kicked off. Mm. So, I mean, what did you did you kind of get creative in lockdown? Or was that not an inspiring period for you? I found it personally really difficult. And I know you did, but I'll let you say that. But yeah, I found it. I think it, what it did was it exposed a lot of vulnerabilities for me personally that I knew were there but not didn't know how much and that was like how I don't necessarily need to be with a specific group of people all the time but I like to be around people and listening into conversations and I suppose feeling other people's energy and we did a lot of traveling together and you take that away you take your work away you take away the fact that you can just hang out in public places and um, experience people's energies you're stripping everything out of your life that you just kind of not didn't take for granted but that you were allowed to do and that was freedom um so then it, it, it certainly impacted on my creative ability because I just felt completely trapped. Now, Jim, at the band, didn't. He flourished, didn't he? Uh, but you struggled as well, didn't yeah, you, Toddy? Yeah, for a lot of the same reasons. I think um, everyone's different, but I realised how much uh, I got from travelling and what it's, how it stimulated me coming back and being inspired how it's yeah it was inspiration really so at the start it was kind of I was almost kind of not not rubbing my hands going oh this is great but one of the little benefits I thought was like because we'd had a couple of really really busy years and not much time and I thought oh this is nice this this could be a break to chance to do some writing in the studio and you know after after a few months um yeah I I was I was yeah I struggled um and I realized that yeah, what what kind of travelling actually did, you know, to sort of stimulate me, really. I, I think it's interesting to see, like, you know, all these people that thought they were, like, raging extroverts have basically yeah. had a bit of time alone and gone, actually, I'm not sure that I, you know, maybe am as much as I kind mm. of thought. And I think there's a lot of, you know people are with a foot in both camps now and I think mm. some people went properly down the rabbit hole and was like, yes, I'm going to use this time, I'm going to recharge yeah. my batteries and get shit done. But yeah. Yeah, I think they did, and also you, you listening to the radio and stuff, and you hear having I mean, interviews of like of artists and the the sort of the, 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 the sort of 
the narrative that seemed to be coming out was like yeah yeah I've just been so inspired I've just been writing I did my lockdown album you know and yeah. it's, this, this track's called lockdown yeah you know it's just uh, you know, and then it's just like really it's just like they're all they're, you know everyone's knocking it out of the park and what am I doing I'm just sort of like you know watching you know crap. South Park South Park or just <laughs> sat on my ass I am a cop and you will respect my authority yeah right you better get back to school, little boy. But um, yeah, every, everyone's sort of found their own way to sort of sort of to deal with it. So um, I, I suppose also just you realise what the what what the gigs brought to us when once yeah. once they came back as well because yeah. it was although it took a little bit of an adjustment um, yeah. because obviously just sort of going from eighteen months to to, mm. to to being open again. But I certainly noticed a difference in my in my sort of psychology. Mm. Um, interesting yeah but I think mm. I think even as, as a day-to-day person and this is something that you know I've just been talking to someone else about is that being kind of um where where you know you you've you you measured about how much time you can spend outside how you go into shops and everyone's you know wearing masks and that kind of like just natural familiarization of people where you, you've you know even like talking to someone you can't you know, I, I I forget how much importance of reading someone's mouths, um, especially when you're in a noisy environment, and at how much that becomes part of how I interpret what someone says. But even like if if you're in a lockdown situation in a house, um, again it exposes things that you might not know you have. And for me, wow! I even before my partner said to me. Danielle, you've just come in and moved that fork two millimetres to the left and walked off. And I said, I know. But the fact you've spotted it has just highlighted the fact that I know I'm quite obsessive about certain things. And it's, you know, it's really weird when you've not got the balance to kind of take your mind out of these obsessive qualities, not qualities, but, you know, behavioural patterns that you've got then you know being locked down with yourself can be quite scary <laughs> for <laughs> sure to get out you just get, meet yourself yeah, and you, you have yourself. to experience the full the full spectrum of like who you are and like all those little isms that we all have that you just don't notice until you've actually got the time to, yeah. to look at them I yeah. suppose I mean what was that like when you finally got back on stage and went back out there um initially f- I I, w- I found it really scary to be honest I'd, I had a couple of our first two gigs back um, the first one actually was um, in Manchester on a Friday night and it was like proper baptism of fire I, f- I don't know if you probably felt the same way Danny but it was like walking through Manchester cent- uh, town centre on a Friday night and it was all going off and we went into this My new hometown as well, yeah. and, even and we're sort of like walking, walking along, just walks into this, into the, this club called the Blues Clip, Blues Kitchen, which is a new venue, a new new club that's opened, and uh, it was absolutely rammed. And you know, we're walking through the crowd with our masks on, and it's just like it was just. Uh, I, I found it really, really difficult. It took a couple of gigs for me to kind of feel. Yeah, the, the, what I was just to appreciate what I was missing, really. And I think um, I think that I think that was like you know just that fear of crowded spaces, and but also just the second gig we did was a festival at Standing mm. Calling after the Manchester, and I drove because I wanted to make sure that I didn't 
you know, kind of get carried away with the party. So um, I drove, shall I, yeah, <laughs> shall we say. Got, Love you. you. Know, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so I drove and... Um, Sensible. Yeah, but really, really appreciated that, that the, mo- the moments in the car, listening to some music, arriving at the festival, being able to plant myself, and um, but then realising that I am a person that kind of puts myself through entertaining a room full of people and who am I you know because when I was at school I certainly didn't think about what I'd be doing years down the line and then having it pulled back where you're you know some of the things we were doing was like performing to a laptop in an attic room to like Google in LA remember we did that Google thing where we were we recorded stuff from separate rooms and then we sent this and I was kind of performing into a to my laptop on your own basically dancing in your bedroom mirror yeah so going from that and then catapulted into a festival scenario where you've got real people but I have to say within five minutes I felt absolutely brilliant yeah And it's just like, wow, whatever this is, whatever this coming together of people is, I really thrive off it. And it's not, it's not all about me and, and my ego, although a lot of it is, of course, and I'd be, you know, stupid to, 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 to write that off. But a lot of it is people coming together and celebrating and, and it just happens to be that I'm the clown with the big floppy hat on who's going, woo! <laughs> you do it well I mean you know never stop doing that please I remember I, I saw you yeah it was Wilderness in 2017 and you were in that kind of like yeah weird like mirage kind oh of like gosh. disco I don't know almost like a triangular mirror ball at the end of the field and I just saw you in the distance and I was like wow and uh, yeah it was just so epic and I just hope that you're going to be obviously going back uh, I don't know, you're starting a new tour in England in November, but I'm wondering, are you going to be doing any kind of actual proper live live performances? It's fully live. It is, yeah. It's, it's a full a, live band. Yeah, so we start, once we get back uh, after this weekend, we're straight into rehearsals for a week, and then we we kick off the tour, um, which is first Brighton. Brighton yeah, yeah, first gig on the 5th. Uh, and then we've basically got a month of gigs, um, Back to where it all began in Nottingham two two uh, yeah. dates later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, playing the rescue rooms in Nottingham, which will be really great. Um, and obviously, when you got together in Nottingham before mm. Danielle came on board, I mean, how how have things evolved since she kind of joined joined the fold? Twenty years in, I think that's kind of a nice little. <laughs> we've got to celebrate her. It's her birthday. <laughs> Say something wonderful. <laughs> when we, it was just me and Jim when we first started, and we were writing instrumental you know, sample based music and um, when Danny came on board it was very much the catalyst for becoming uh, a, a much more of a live band because um, as, soon as, as soon as we had Danny on vocals I think the requests came in for, for us to do live gigs and we realised that we couldn't just do that with you know some couple of keyboards and, and a computer so we, we the bands kind of came, came together quite quickly so it was very much a bit of a catalyst for that and yeah and, and just generally Danny becoming a, a, an integral part of, of the band well say the band but in, in, in the, the, the actual writing 
uh, core of, of the team, which, uh, you know, not to, because we do write with the, the guys as well, but essentially it's, for the most part, it's me, Jim and Danielle. So that has become, you know, the, between the three of us, that's the heart of what we do, really, um, in terms of that, the writing. So, yeah, she's... Uh, <laughs> You know, she's all right. <laughs> she's all right. Yeah. yeah. Long story. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. I should have just said she's all right. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell. You could have just said like, that. You didn't say like sum- yeah. summarize it summarize. in a nutshell yeah, yeah, in yeah. two words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've been doing a little bit of music production workshops, and I mean, everybody's been making like online courses and mm. like selling their their talent, their passion, like to to help other people that want to do the same sort of mm. thing. I mean, what else? You know, is there anything else like in your repertoire that you were getting up to in lockdown? If you weren't creatively inspired to write what were you up to well I, I every Sunday I was doing a radio show from the attic and um, depending on what mood I was in on the Sunday would depend on the quality of the radio show but it really did kind of give me a measure to the week whether that was the end of the week or the start and it really is when you've kind of got no fixed work and I know a lot of people like that not just us but I think when you work is is with people and entertainment and all that has gone all that shut down you do need a measure of your week and for me the radio show really helped and I could play whatever I wanted it was it was people online so I could you know, there's a message board so it felt like it felt like I was you know in a bit of a community and for me that was really essential it wasn't anything more than just feeling like I was serving a purpose and being able to like sit down and play whatever music I wanted with a group of people that were bothered (laughs) Uh, you know um, and of course you know there was all the kind of like a lot of the weekly routine was making sure that my partner's girls who were at school or weren't at school were all right so that was another thing but it was important for me to have that musically with the radio show because it was for me and it was the only thing I had. Jimmy was my partner was going to work every day. He he didn't stop. So I don't think he could appreciate how I felt. Which again is tough. I know a lot of people struggled with you know, with the relationships in lockdown. But yeah, so that, that was one thing that I really appreciated. I mean I bought a few courses such is the person I am that I never completed them <laughs> I just went mad I'm going to learn piano I'm going to learn French I'm going to learn this and that and very few of those things actually kind of yeah came to fruition but how did this course evolve it's like I think it's a, a beautiful thing that you know you've kind of gone for it a friend of ours uh, Danny Danny Berman who started this uh, production community basically and he's got what it kind of anchors anchors around once a month he gets a a guest producer to come in and to give a two-hour thing it's done over zoom so he asked me to do it Jim did one a few months ago as well and yeah it was it was really good fun um and it was just basically talking you spend about an hour talking about your history and a little bit and then do a an actual practical sort of demonstration in the studio but Danny's yeah, I've been talking about actually doing a bit more of that because yeah, it, was, it went really well and I really enjoyed it. So, um, and I did a couple of others with other friends who were doing similar things, who were uh, college tutors, and got me to do a Zoom thing. Um, so that's been really good. Um, 
I mean, that's kind of opened up, similar to Danny as well, just um, having... Because the other thing that we really latched onto, we got um, Worldwide FM regular spot. I saw that, um, yeah, yeah, amazing. So we, we've been doing that for about a year now, and that's that has been a real sort of just energize your uh, your music buying or just focusing on your the dj side of things with with the absence of club gigs mm. i've really well we all have but we've yeah, i've yeah. really enjoyed because it because you can kind of play what we want yeah, there's yeah, not really yeah. an onus to kind of be playing to a dance floor it's quite mm. eclectic sort of station so that's that's been really really great mm. um just to sort of really kind of energize that keep that going that mm-hmm. side of your if you of your if your career or of, of your passion as well you know and i think as well like another <clears throat> thing for me was like getting out in nature and i know it's been big for everyone but just um you know getting out every single morning and going on a walk and just kind of immediately stop worrying just it's a form of meditation just just getting out there and just kind mm-hmm. of like just just earthing yourself before your head goes frantic doing nothing but worrying mm. it's just to kind of you know yeah embrace the calm I, that was like one of the last questions is how do you how do you reset because I think it's like a really important thing particularly mm. in the music industry where you're you know running here running there catching planes little yeah. sleep diet's bad you're on yeah. tour all of those things like it's hard to stay the stay the kind of the long game like you guys have and I think it's yeah definitely down to some good techniques i think this this holiday and you know it it was a big celebration for me with it being my 50th but leading up to it it, it's been full on and uh, i did actually because this was planned like at the beginning of the year and the live tour kind of cemented itself after that I started to feel guilty about coming away for two weeks, but it's been probably one of the most important things that I've done because now at this point I'm going home in three days. I'm actually ready-ish, yeah, until I get home. Um, <laughs> to, never be ready to leave I'll Ibiza, let's be, be honest. Never be ready to leave Ibiza, to be honest, yeah. But, but, but I feel like I've had a break and I feel like a week wouldn't have been long enough and I, and I think... You know, it's really important to take time out and not feel guilty about it. And I think the older I've got, the more I realise that you don't have to work all the time. It's about the quality of work and also how what what it does for you as a person is work satisfying me. Is it is it not just financially, but is it giving me anything? Is it soulful? And so having a break, wherever it is. It's really important. So that's my reset: is getting out into nature and just actually saying, "I'm out. I'm off. I'm off all communication for two weeks." Yeah, you got to do it. Good for you. Yeah. What about you? What's your reset, Chris? It's kind of similar. I mean, one of the things that I did over the lockdown was uh, I bought myself a bike, and um, that was that was a way of just getting and getting out. <laughs> You know, in the absence of... Um, running away. Running Escaping. away, but no, it was actually, it's been brilient, you know, just sort of, I, li- I live in Nottingham and there's actually some really beautiful places that I never really knew about. Um, and going off on mad, like, long bike rides and just, um, yeah. Yeah, that's just, I think it's really important to, you know, with, with the absence of being able to hop on a plane or, you know, kind of get out and get 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 that sort of that stimulation um, mm. 
especially when it was we had quite a hot summer and the first lockdown it was um, just to be able to get out and enjoy the weather and get some fresh air so you didn't have your biking leathers, leathers on then did you not? <laughs> I'm not that professional <laughs> it's like I I'd feel <laughs> leathers on his bicycle I'd yeah, like to bicycle. see that that sounds very fantasising yeah. well, not particularly about you but you know just it's yeah. all coming out now. Yeah, we need yeah. another espresso martini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The glass yeah. is looking a bit Sorry, empty. Sorry, I've hijacked your conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's one thing that we've shared is just getting out in nature, yeah. not the leathers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have both. It's not a problem. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's just lovely to hear that you have done the alternative side of Ibiza, and that's exactly what this kind of podcast was born from, a, a real desire to create a podcast that is about something other than yeah. music which of yeah. course here we are talking about music but yeah. you know it's also showing a different side to the island and you know I remember when I first started to come here in my early 20s and I'd never been north of Ibiza town mm. and as soon as I did that's when I obviously moved here so I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, of course yeah. and, and you know my my real kind of like breaking experience here was with a girl that's actually here tonight Lou and uh, she used to live on a farm with an older couple the sister of a guy called George Melly, who was a jazz musician from Liverpool, and they were really they they were in the early nineties when I when I stayed on the farm. I stayed it was like a Balinese style hut, and it was near Santa <gasps> Gertrudis. Yes, and um, really beautiful, like an orangery, light lemon trees, just this beautiful sunken Italian pool, and the dogs used to jump in with me. It was brilliant. But it, it was only it wasn't until that point that I actually experienced I suppose what I'd say was well the real Ibiza, which was away from that madness. But the beauty of Ibiza is you've got lots of different things, not just one you've not just got north, east, south, west. There's so many intricacies within that. And uh, you know, I was going on a walk to Portanax the other day, we're gonna go on another work walk at Benares tomorrow. Um, it's just opening your mind up to that and the island kind of really kind of breathes its soulfulness it does it does there's little pockets of madness that we can dip into when we want to but (laughs) I think there are yeah there's more other little lovely activities in between and uh, they feel the music all of it feels the music not just the madness I think that's uh, the key to, to longevity. I'm not going to keep you any longer because your glasses are empty and we're standing on the side of the street. It's all, it's all, it's time to end. But thank you so much for, for taking a, a little bit of moments away from your friends and uh, loved ones to, to come and have a little chat with us. Thank you so much. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. No problem. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel.